Good evening, everyone. To open our meeting tonight, uh, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 74. Go forth and stand upon the mount, for truth is at thy side. The very rocks may seem to break and earth to open wide. Yet error's tempest and its fire before that still small voice retire. Hymn number 74. If you'd like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and on the homepage, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then look for the place that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. You do so, and there you will find our readings for tonight. And the theme is, Go forth and stand upon the mount. And the readings will now be given by Amanda from Missouri. The Bible. Psalm. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me, 
no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. The chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. First Kings Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat, forty days and forty nights, unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains, 
and break it in in pieces, the rocks, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Mark Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves. And there appeared unto them Elias, with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And they asked him, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must come first? And he answered and told them, Elias verily cometh first, and restoreth all things and how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be set at naught. But I say unto you that Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. Take heed, lest any man deceive you. The gospel must first be published among all nations. Let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Revelation And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain the former things are passed away. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. These sayings are faithful and true. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures 
and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. God, the divine principle of harmony, is ever with men, and they are his people. We can become conscious, here and now, of a cessation of death, sorrow, and pain. Take heart, dear sufferer, for this reality of being will surely appear some time and in some way. There will be no more pain, and all tears will be wiped away. An Allegory Picture to yourself a city set upon a hill, a celestial city above all clouds, in serene azure and unfathomable glory, having no temple therein, for God is the temple thereof, nor need of the sun, neither of the moon, for God doth lighten it. Then from this sacred summit, behold a stranger wending his way downward to where a few laborers in a valley at the foot of the mountain are working and watching for his coming. The stranger eventually stands in the valley at the foot of the mountain. He saith unto the patient toilers therein, What do ye here? Would ye ascend the mountain, climbing its rough cliffs, hushing the hissing serpents, taming the beasts of prey, and bathe in its streams, rest in its cool grottoes, and drink from its living fountains? The way winds and widens in the valley. Up the hill, it is straight and narrow, and few there be that find it. His converse with the watchers and workers in the valley closes, and he makes his way into the streets of a city made with hands. Pausing at the threshold of a palatial dwelling, he knocks and waits. The door is shut. He hears the sounds of festivity and mirth, youth, manhood, and age gaily tread the gorgeously tapestried parlors, dancing halls, and banquet rooms. But a little while, and the music is dull, the wine is unsipped, the footfalls abate, the laughter ceases. Then from the window of this dwelling, a face looks out, anxiously surveying him who waiteth at the door. Within this mortal mansion are adulterers, fornicators, idolaters, drunkenness, witchcraft, variance, envy, emulation, hatred, wrath, murder. Appetites and passions have so dimmed their sight that he alone who looks from that dwelling through the clearer pain of his own heart tired of sin, can see the stranger. Startled beyond measure at beholding him, this mortal inmate withdraws, but growing more and more troubled, he seeks to leave the odious company and the cruel walls and to find the stranger. Feeling cautiously away from his comrades, he departs, then turns back, he is afraid to go on and to meet the stranger. So he returns to the house, only to find the lights all wasted and the music fled. Finding no happiness within, he rushes again into the lonely streets, 
seeking peace, but finding none. Naked, hungry, athirst, this time he struggles on, and at length reaches the pleasant path of the valley at the foot of the mountain, whence he may hopefully look for the reappearance of the stranger and receive his heavenly guidance. Thus are all mortals, under every hue of circumstances, driven out of their houses of clay, and homeless wanderers in a beleaguered city, forced to seek the Father's house, if they would be led to the valley and up the mount. Discerning in his path the penitent one, who had groped his way from the dwelling of luxury, the stranger saith unto him, Wherefore comest thou hither? He answered, The sight of thee unveiled my sins, and turned my misnamed joys to sorrow. When I went back into the house to take something out of it, my misery increased. So I came hither, hoping that I might follow thee, whithersoever thou goest. And the stranger saith unto him, Wilt thou climb the mountain? and take nothing of thine own with thee? He answered, I will. Then said the stranger, Thou hast chosen the good part. Follow me. And if thou strayest, listen for the mountain horn, and it will call thee back to the path that goeth upward. Dear reader, dost thou suspect that the valley is humility, that the mountain is heaven-crowned Christianity, and the stranger, the ever-present Christ, the spiritual idea which from the summit of bliss surveys the veil of the flesh, who burst the bubbles of earth with a breath of heaven, and acquaint sensual mortals with the mystery of godliness, unchanging, unquenchable love. Hast thou not heard this Christ knock at the door of thine own heart, and closed it against truth to eat and drink with the drunken. Hast thou been driven by suffering to the foot of the mount, but earth-bound, burdened by pride, sin, and self, hast thou turned back, stumbled, and wandered away? Or hast thou tarried in the habitation of the senses, pleased and stupefied, until wakened through the baptism of fire? He alone ascends the hill of Christian science who follows the way-shower, the spiritual presence and idea of God. Whatever obstructs the way, causing to stumble, fall, or faint those mortals who are striving to enter the path, divine love will remove and uplift the fallen and strengthen the weak. Divine love will also rebuke and destroy disease and destroy the belief of life and matter. It will waken the dreamer, the sinner dreaming of pleasure and sin, the sick dreaming of suffering matter, the slothful satisfied to dream and sleep. Oftentimes I think of this in the great light of the present, the might and light of the present fulfillment. So shall all earth's children at last come to acknowledge God and be one, inhabit his holy hill, the God-crowned summit of divine science, the church militant rise to the church triumphant, and Zion be glorified.
We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Please announce the next hymn. Hymn number 185. Master and Lord, tis good to be here, guided by thee to joy-crowned height, where we man's perfect sonship see, safe and secure in radiant light. Hymn number 185.
Good evening and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Everyone is welcome here. At all of our meetings, we read from the King James Version of the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. We actually have quite a wonderful outreach from our church, much of which is from our several websites, many of which are in other languages. And as a result, people across the globe are getting God's healing-inspired word. And we're thankful for each and every one of you. Many people from all over the world have found our websites found our church, and found God's comforting words. I'd like to point out one article we're now featuring on the homepage of our English website. It's a very short one. It's called Mental Protection of Home by Edward Kimball. It's very short, like I said, but Mr. Kimball gives us some very strong statements to work with. Highly recommended. Uh, join us every Sunday here. We start Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. And we also offer a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. And our Sunday school has a teleconference feature dedicated exclusively for the Sunday school, which means that your child can attend our Sunday school by telephone. Many of the children do just that. So call up the church. We'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we'd love to welcome your child here to our Sunday school. A few more announcements before we go on. We have printed our calendars for year 2023. This is a... Uh, been very well received by many people. It's very convenient, a page a day, which means you can tear off a page for the day and take it with you. Each page has an, inspire, an inspiring statement. They make wonderful gifts. So check out our website, look for the store tab, and that's where you can place your order and purchase your calendars. We're ready to go. So, as you notice, that today it's now November, which means that Thanksgiving is coming. We have a special holiday specifically set aside to acknowledge the forever fact that God has indeed blessed us. And we need to recognize, acknowledge it, and return thanks to Him for that. So Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, take an hour out of the morning. Join us at 11 a.m. for our Thanksgiving service. Also, our next Bible study is coming up. That's on November 19th, Saturday at 10 a.m. Check out the website for the study questions. And one more item. This weekend is the weekend when we change 
from daylight savings time to standard time. So this is the weekend where we turn our clocks back. And for those of you who uh, don't make that change, maybe you live in Arizona, Hawaii, or elsewhere in the world, keep in mind that we're going to be starting our Sunday activities one hour later, starting with this coming Sunday. I will now read from the church manual from, by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering. And for those who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. But keep in mind that when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your telephone picks up. So we ask that you be in a quiet place. And I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And our meeting tonight is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. Mara. Mara from Mississippi, go ahead. Hi everyone, thank you so much for the readings and music tonight. I'm so happy that Christian science is a part of my life. Tonight I would like to share a testimony that has to do with my husband that happened last week. Every morning, I pray for my family. I also make a lunch for my husband for him to take with him to work. And I also include an inspirational quote, uh, usually from the weekly Bible lesson. And on this particular morning, I used the 23rd Psalm, uh, the one that is found in Science and Health. And it's the quote, um, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will Fear no evil, for love is with me. Love's rod and love's staff, they comfort me, unquote. The 23rd Psalm happens to be one of his favorite passages. Each morning he gets into work, the first thing he does is open his lunch and read the note. Um, shortly after he read the note, the 23rd Psalm was going through his head as he walked onto the production floor where there's heavy equipment, um, high platforms, and steel safety gates that prevent workers from falling off the platforms. As he walked under one of these high platforms, the heavy safety gate broke free from its hinges and came crashing down, narrowly missing, hitting him in the head. It came down so hard that the sound echoed through the whole building and chipped the concrete floor. 
not only did it narrowly miss my husband, but it narrowly missed another person that was standing at the same area. Um, it fell right in between the two of them. He texted me shortly after the incident and explained what happened. We both were very grateful to God and knew it was God protecting not only him, but everyone in the warehouse. I'm so happy for all that I'm learning. I find it so comforting to learn that we don't have to pray and beg for God to be there for us, that God is always here for us. It's up to us to know this and reach out to him. I'm so happy to be here tonight. Um, and thank you to everyone at Plainfield and especially my practitioner. Thank you. Gary. I was reminded recently of an, of an experience I had. Um, it was a few years ago. It was uh, after I had been in Plainfield for a while and was uh, really loving what I was learning in this church. Um, and we had, for many years, on Saturdays, what we affectionately referred to as um, church work parties, where many of us would get together on a Saturday and we would go to one of the houses of a member of this church and help them repair, maintain, paint, whatever. And we did this every Saturday for, for several years. And I remember one Saturday, um, <clears throat> as I was beginning to work, I couldn't raise one of my arms. Uh, if I tried to raise it much, you know, as high as my shoulder, I would feel a very sharp, uh, strong pain. And this, I mean, this didn't let up. And um, I, I'm, I'm grateful that the time that I was able to call a practitioner, Christian science practitioner from this church and ask for help. And I remember, what I remember most, I think, was the love and the comfort and the confidence of that practitioner that God was right there and that God could and does take care of everything. I was given a statement from Science and Health that, quote, matter can make no conditions for man, end quote. And I was also given another uh, citation from Science and Health that health is not a condition of matter, but of mind. And I was told that the divine mind God is what governs the actions of the body. Well, I took a few minutes and sat and prayed um, with these statements. And I could, feel, I could feel God working. I could feel the work of the practitioner of God cleansing my thought, cleansing my body. And in a very short time, the pain left. And I was able to move my arm freely and finish the work that I had to do that day. And that condition never returned. 
But I'm so grateful for the help that I received. I'm so grateful for Mary Baker Eddy for giving, for discovering and giving to the world the science of Christianity, the explanation of how Jesus healed and his apostles and his disciples and many, many people since then based on real science. So grateful uh, for the readings tonight. Thank you very much. And I'm so happy to be here with you all. Thank you. Janet from Georgia, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for the service this evening and for the beautiful readings. The watch we had last night on being grateful reminded me of all the gifts, blessings, and healings I have received over the years. Mrs. Eddy states on page three of Science and Health, are we really grateful for the good already received? then we shall avail ourselves of the blessings we have and thus be fitted to receive more. And I am grateful to say I have received more. Healings of employment, supply, relationships, and just recently, I'm very grateful for the healing of this nameless nothing. I'm so grateful to my practitioner for lovingly and patiently guiding me through many challenges. I'm deeply grateful for this Plainfield Church and all of the dedicated workers at Plainfield. You are all an inspiration to me and to all. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you. Elizabeth from New Hampshire. Go ahead. Good evening, and what beautiful readings they were tonight. I would like to give once again a testimony that I recently gave, but later learned that the latter part was inaudible. As an owner of rental units, I was tempted to be fearful of the rising cost of heating oil, which is included in all of my rentals. Mary Baker Eddy, in her book, Science and Health, was key to the scriptures, gives one of the definitions of oil as heavenly inspiration, quote-unquote. Knowing this, I decided to think of oil in this manner and be so grateful for that inspiration that is ever with us. In my daily prayers, I always affirm that I will and do know what correct business decisions to make involving my rentals. It came to me one day during this time that it would be wise to raise the rent in accord with the rising fuel and utility costs. Raising the rent is not a pleasant thing for me. Some tenants have gone years without any raise. But as I prayed about it, I realized that whatever was right for me would also be right for my tenants and could not hurt them. After a few days, a number came to mind that I felt very settled and comfortable with. At about the same time, it came to me to shop around for a better oil price than the one I was currently being offered. In the end, the price I was given came out to be almost exactly the amount that I would gain from raising the rent. This was no coincidence, as I have learned many times over, that looking to God for solutions in every aspect of our lives is the only way. Webster's 1828 Dictionary 
gives this definition of inspiration. The infusion of ideas into the mind by the Holy Spirit. The conveying into the minds of men ideas, notices, or monitions by extraordinary or supernatural influence. Or the communication of the divine will to the understanding by suggestions or impressions on the mind, which leaves no room to doubt the reality of their supernatural origin. I am so grateful to God, to Christ Jesus, to Mary Baker Eddy, to the Plainfield Church, and to my so-called human parents for giving me the greatest gift of all, Christian science. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Craig. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And Amanda, those are... Truly uh, life-changing readings from Elijah to Revelation to uh, Mary Baker A. It, uh, it means so much to be in this church and to have the opportunity to experience the allegory happening to the people who connect here. How Christ is present and guides his children, seeks them out, and as they seek him, find him, yes, they're, they're given the greatest gift, the way to, to heaven on earth, to know him and to, to be able to do as he says, and be successful, happy, healthy, and now I will add wise. This has been a great, great, great church, and it still is. Uh, yesterday, I had the joy of helping a friend move a, a safe, very, very heavy, <clears throat> tremendous safe of hundreds of pounds. And uh, so I was glad to be there to help, and uh, and... God directed us, and we got this guy up and safe up from the basement. Up, but little to his to his knowing, my friend didn't know that I had a, an, an attack at that time. My breathing got re, even when I wasn't doing this labor, very hurtful. My chest and all were burning, and, and I was having trouble breathing. And it happened to me several times recently. And each time I applied what God had given us here in the truth, and you know, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. That God is no spot where God is not. And poof, I was free in a matter of moments. Well, I was getting kind of tired of this, actually. I did it again, and poof, I was fine. And we went on, we did our job and took care of it. And the next day I called practitioner here in his church, because I was concerned that something was up. But this chronic situation, uh, she told me, we live and move and breathe in God. She told me, yeah, I was using the truth rightly, but she told me more. Mrs. Eddie talks about a change of heart. So where to find it in Metro <clears throat> Miscellaneous Writings. And I realized that 
so many of us, if not all of us in this church, have had that change of heart. Where we look out, God has led us to live a life of love, not a life of self. And I realize that that's what has allowed me to be healed. Because I was out to do good, as God directed, for someone else. Uh, and to me, it's a remarkable and beautiful thing that as your life is the reflection of, what, of God, love, you experience the things of God life. And I just, I need to be reminded in this unity that's here and having the opportunity to speak to a practitioner to, so you can get the whole understanding is tremendous and makes us so much stronger and safer and, and healthier, because it's easy to slip back into a life of loving self <clears throat> out of laziness or whatever. And I thank God for this wonderful place of learning. It's open to the whole world and our wonderful practitioner and practitioners and the freedom that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have that problem again, because there are no <clears throat> chronic problems in divine mind. <laughs> Thank God, this church. Thank you. <clears throat> Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I, too, want to express my gratitude for the weekly watch message that we had yesterday, um, particularly uh, the Heart by Bicknell Young from 1936 class, where he tells us um, that, quote, what an extraordinary change would take place in the world today if we would all endeavor to be grateful for everything now. This does not mean the empty saying, I am grateful. It means experiencing appreciation. A truly honest expression of gratitude on the part of anyone is unmistakable proof that he is communing with God. So let us be happy now and forever." End quote. Well, I was very touched by the beautiful wording of experiencing appreciation and making sure that you're just not um, lightly saying, I am grateful, but deep, deep in the heart and living it, and that it's really communing with God and how important it is. And I uh, looked up again joy, which is expectation of good, and appreciation is setting value on, and experiencing is uh, living it, and it's reality. And I was so grateful with everyone coming together and praying. I could feel the uplift. And during this time, uh, my heart felt lighter. And I felt joy come in and a lifting of weight. And I'm sure others were blessed and in the world, those we don't even know. But I'm just very grateful for these unity watches and the beautiful quotes that are found. Uh, I'm very grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Tony or Lenny. Tony or Lenny from Georgia, go ahead. Uh, hi, this is Tony. Um, I want to 
talk about something that happened recently. I was feeling quite well, and then suddenly I was feeling ill. And I, this was such an obvious, uh, aggressive mental suggestion uh, that came with symptoms, maybe, I don't know, flu or something like that. But I never indulged that for one second. And I remember from different roundtables I've been attending, best thing to do is to start working for others and work for the world. And uh, that's what I did. I was instant uh, in truth. And I remember not feeling uh, any fear about the suggestion or about the symptoms. Um, I think what was also really clear to me clear to me at the time was that this was definitely not my real identity. And just moments before that, I was working and I was fine. So I found I wasn't really working for myself because I didn't ever let the idea, you know, take root. Um, I don't remember exactly how long, maybe an hour or less. Um, and the suggestions, the symptoms were completely gone. And then a week later, Yesterday, the same suggestion came, and this time I was even more confident. Um, I could see so clearly what it was trying to do, and I just instantly went back to do another watch uh, for the world, just kind of quickly uh, treating myself, but I think in less than 30 minutes, I was you know, all the symptoms were gone, the mental suggestion was completely banished, and I went went and cooked a meal for the family. And I, I'm just grateful that, that I was able to to put into practice, you know, what we've been learning here. And it's, it's uh, I, I'm just so grateful for that. And I also just want to make a comment about those, uh, those readings tonight. Um, I don't think I've ever heard readings like that before. I mean, those were, um, very inspired, and where else but at an independent church, you know, free from any kind of centralized board, can you hear such, you know, inspired readings from the Bible and prose works, and just thank God for Plainfield and all the workers who overcame that struggle many years ago, so this church could truly be free and independent to give us what we heard tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ingrid from California, go ahead. Hello. Thank you for all your great work, all of you there. Especially, I want to thank uh, Gary for all the amazing, wonderful um, recordings that are on the website and the Bible lesson. Thank you so much, and thank you all. I just uh, want to uh, testify to uh, the same thing of the testimony before. Uh, I had that um, when I was about maybe 22. And I had the healing just the same. It will just be something that suddenly I will start feeling really bad. And uh, I. 
had a study about it. I have prayed about it and have learned the wonderful things that we can learn in this science of the Christ about error being so unreal uh, as sickness and sadness and anything that is ungodlike, anything that is unlike good. And uh, it was so uh, healed, something that I had been suffering maybe from when I was 13. And the doctors never could, you know, say anything, you know, just talking about nothing. So. And uh, gave me, even uh, at that tender age, uh, gave me some pills, some that are for anti-concepts, um, and they didn't, never did anything, but uh, made me really weak and feel very, very strange. And so my, my mom said, you can stop taking that. I can see how you're suffering taking those pills. Uh, but not, none of anything that was done through specialists did anything. But when I studied uh, and I knew about Christian science, about a month later that I was really deeply studying and trying to practice everything I was learning, uh, it was completely healed. And I was so grateful, so grateful how we, with God and prayer alone, can heal anything. That's what God does. And that's what divine love has for us. Very grateful for what I have done in this decade. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jeremy. On PlainfieldCS.com, in an article called The Real Work of Church Work, Bicknell Young says, quote, Anyone who has not been in church work does not know himself, end quote. In my time at Plainfield, I found this statement to be very true, and I just wanted to give my gratitude tonight for all I have learned about my true self that God made me to be. My old identity was filled with many things that I've since learned are false. And I think that the way that I've really been able to solidify these changes in my character is from being here, learning Christian science, and doing this church work. This work has made me see that God made us and our place and our purpose. And I see as we diligently do this work, we all have equal access to the divine mind. And each of us can prove we are the expression of soul, as Mrs. Eddie has told us. I see that God is our only employer. I also have seen that if people feel they can't do church work, that's just a claim they need to handle. And the way to handle it is to start volunteering and start working. Without this work, I don't feel I would have learned to live this science. I definitely would not have made the progress I've made. Church work has also made me see that when we are doing the work, we are all on the same team, God's team. And that's the only place to be. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I thank God for Christian science, this church, and for all that I've been all I've learned doing this work and from regular practitioner support through the years. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. 
This is part two of a testimony about a burst pipe in our home. I thought to mention this because I have found one of the hallmarks of Christian science purely taught and lived is that it has a cascading effect where one blessing brings many blessings that are connected to it. There's always a moral lesson and everyone is blessed who is involved. So the original blessing we had was a flooding incident was wrapped in prayer by a holy practitioner at this church. I was able to attend a watch call and the property damage was miraculously adjusted and minimised to the point where there was only a small amount of repair paintwork needing to be undertaken and a few damaged items of clothing. The next blessing we realised was it came to light that the flooding was actually caused by a cracked hot water system above us, not just a pipe as we had originally thought. Now this would have caused scalding water to flood our home. Had the apartment above not been vacated with electric shut off just a few days prior to that incident. A big blessing. We were safe. No scalding hot water. Thank you, Father. Next, the insurance claim process demanded for us to show just how badly damaged was our property, wanting photos of the damaged and items and statements detailing all of the damage. Well, we decided very early that we were not going to go down that road because it is counter to what we are taught here. Christian science teaches that human justice is always antagonistic, it is always mortal mind, and will always lead to the opposite of the prayer that you send forth to bless. And God had already fixed this for us for the most part. So I just dropped the whole matter at the feet of Jesus. A favourite hymn says, quote, Come cast your burdens on the Lord and trust his constant care. The next day I picked up some excellent project work that just came out of nowhere, another big blessing that would more than cover any damaged clothing incurred. My husband had a windfall with his work where he was able to take three days off with pay, a well-deserved break from a very hectic two years for him. On top of all these blessings, the moral lesson was already outlined in the original prayer from my practitioner who wrote to me at the time of flood, quote, I knew animal magnetism, calling itself a burst pipe, could not keep you from your rightful place, and by attending our unity watch, despite what appeared to be an insurmountable obstacle, you learned an important lesson on how to overcome animal magnetism. The hell you say. End quote. I love when she says that. <laughs> so I am ever so grateful to Mary Baker Eddy, who stood and shared her divine revelation of Christian science with the world for her courage and love. What a lady. Thank you. Thank you, Christ Jesus, for all that you did for us. Thank you, our dear, loving Father, Mother, God, Lord God Almighty, for your ever care. Thank you to each and every pure member at this church, our holy practitioners and teachers, and thank you to my holy, strong, practitioner at this church for all that I am learning here.
Thank you all so much and so much love to you all. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. First, I have to read is from Canada. I'm so grateful for the roundtable on October 30th, which shared from the book, The Healer by David Keaston, relating the telling of a recollection of Adelaide Still as told to her sister. Miss Still, being one of the three witnesses present at the time of Mary Baker Eddy's passing and ascension in December 1910. I never heard of that recollection from the Boston organization, and it would appear from one who related the event in the Keystone book that there was resistance by the organization to the disclosure of Mary Baker Eddy's ascension. And this was an, an epic demonstration, such leadership, how many others can we count who have ascended? Enoch, Melchizedek, Elijah, Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy? So far I've only used up five fingers on one hand to count them. Perhaps there were others in history that I am unaware of or who left no record, but I doubt that. And even if that were so, I likely would have not to use up all ten fingers to count everyone. Only five ascensions confirmed that I now know of. I'm so grateful for my membership in the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent for exposing us to many early Christian science workers' inspiring insights. And then Virginia. Many thanks for the comments on the Doris Greckles trilogy, the discovery, the founding, the forever leader, and also the healer by David Keaston in the October 30th roundtable. The information in these books would set on fire anyone who has an interest in or desire to promote Mary Baker Eddy's pure divine science and really live and hold dear the pure truth of the word. It was mentioned, do this work and change history. We all have the opportunity to be consecrated warriors and, this is, and isn't this what our world needs? And then this is a note from someone in, from New York. Since I started listening to the Plainfield services via the internet, I have, and also my family members, have experienced healings of health issues and other matters. Thanks to God, Mary Baker Eddy, and to Plainfield. And then this uh, testimony from California. I would like to express my gratitude for the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, our weekly lessons, and Plainfield practitioners. This morning, when I sat down to read my weekly lesson, the phone started ringing. I normally don't take calls until after 9 a.m., but things were going on in others' lives, and I got caught up in listening, making calls and texting. As a result, I didn't get my lesson read when I most needed it, and felt a sense of chaos surrounding me. Just before 9 a.m., I reached for my Bible lesson and read the golden text in 1 Corinthians 15. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. As I ended a call, yes, all that I was listening to was the Adam dream, and there was nothing to come of it except what I brought through my understanding of the Christ idea 
for in Christ shall all be made alive. At that point, I called my Plainfield practitioner, and she provided the spiritual insight and support I needed, ending up with the admonition to go forth into the day with my armor on, sword of truth drawn in one hand and a tool in the other, for um, unmasking what would present itself during the day as the Adam man. So I read my lesson, connected to my father, mother, God, not my will, but thine be done, experienced spiritual peace, and am moving forward with God at my right hand. I just had to express my gratitude tonight for the Plainfield Church in my life and the Plainfield practitioners. In my experience, they can't be equaled any place. They are a precious treasure, and week upon week, our lessons seem to have built one upon the next, for they take us forward in an unbroken line of thought and provide what we need as we need it. I am so grateful that God led me here. Blessings of love to you all. And then another one also from California. I am so, so grateful. Excuse me. I am so, so, so grateful (laughs) and thankful for Mary Baker Eddy, Christian Science, Plainfield, and all the members. Christian Science has saved my life, given me my life back, and restored to me sanity. Thank you all of you for your testimonies, readings, watching, and tireless work. I have had many demonstrations and blessings since joining the church and practicing. Financial fear, anxiety, PTSD have been removed from me and my life. However, even though these demonstrations have been experienced in my life, I still must continue to work and pray. On the round table of September 24th, chemicalization was discussed. I had read that in Science and Health, but didn't investigate further. I did not realize my current day feelings of internal bother, resentment, irritation was the result of some chemicalization working in me. This was a huge discovery for me. All my life I've lived with those feelings of irritation, bother, defiance, and difficulty. I didn't understand that this mortal, carnal mind, world mind, all of this was raising its false head in me. It is trying to get me to agree it's it's material nonsense. I had no idea that this was not me or my feelings. This oversensitivity has been a lie trying to hide itself within me, to dictate to me false suggestions and feelings. The Roundtable, Christian Science, and the practitioners have empowered me to find and be rid of this evil, this devious lie spouting out false teachings and false suggestions. I've had to look at my pride and willingness to be corrected and to understand most of the time it is love of God that corrects me or points out something to be improved. I would be lost if it wasn't for Christian Science and its teachings. It has taught me to keep working learn to correct myself, be corrected, and most importantly, in personalized era and not to take everything so personally. I'm now working on my sense of soul and God good rather than what the world or personality is projecting. I now see we are all God good's reflection and the only thing that is going on is God good.
And then this short note from South Dakota. Thank you to all of you that make the Plainfield Independent Christian Science Church and its amazing worldwide outreach work so smoothly. Thank you to all who participate in the forum and in the roundtables and in the Bible study and the church and Sunday school services too, and those who make the website work so smoothly as well. As always, much appreciation for the Plainfield practitioners who are always supportive. There are many times recently the 24-hour website support has been a wonderful lifeline during the night. So we thank you for all of you, your wonderful testimonies that you give each week of healing, how you're using it in your life, uh, for the beautiful music we had tonight, for those beautiful readings on Go Forth and Stand Upon the Mount, that article and allegory in miscellaneous writings is the most important one for us all to know and to study. And I was so grateful to have it featured this evening. I would also like to make an announcement. Um, Linda, who has already done two wonderful pamphlets, one on praying for our children and also one on contagion, has now just finished one on true government. Uh, they're all very beautiful citations from various places, especially Mary Baker Eddy, on how to watch and work on these situations. With the election in the United States coming up in a week, our week on Tuesday, all of us should be working with this wonderful booklet and think now it's been proofed or close to being proofed and Jeremy will post it on the carousel tomorrow. So you'll all have it to work with. And of course, it's not just for the United States, it's for all nations, all peoples, everywhere. I'm so grateful for her uh, dedicated work with these booklets, something she loves to do, and that love shines through each one. So I thank you all for all your contributions, and I'm so grateful to be with you all tonight, and have a good evening. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 265. Onward, Christian, though the region where thou art seem drearer and lone, God hath set a guardian legion very near thee. Press thou on. Hymn number 265.